Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Julia Spares Moving Markets podcast. It's Friday, the 17th of November, and my name is Helen Freer. On today's show, I'll be talking about the latest market news with Alexander Peterson. And with all the latest on currencies and metals, Tim Gagey is back with his usual Friday update. But first up is Alex with the market news. Good morning, Alex. Good morning, Helen. So the Chinese president, Xi Jinping, has ended his visit to the US on a positive note, I've read. What can you tell us about this? Chinese President Xi Jinping concluded a positive visit to the US where he and President Joe Biden agreed to manage tensions and emphasize China's desire for friendship over conflict. Xi's successful engagement with US business leaders highlights China's economic clout amid declining foreign investment, while positive developments at home include signs of economic recovery and a favorable political shift in Taiwan. Despite the positive outcomes, uncertainties remain high, with no immediate tariff relief, unchanged export controls and the risk of renewed diplomatic tensions, as evidenced by Biden's comment referring to Xi as a dictator. Let's talk quickly about Alibaba, because their shares plunged yesterday after the company reversed its plans to spin off its cloud business. What are the details here, Alex? Yes, that's right. Yesterday, Alibaba Group withdrew plans to spin off its $11 billion cloud business. An escalating battle between China and the US for technological supremacy has triggered one of the most stunning reverses of corporate strategy yet. Chairman Joseph Tsai and Chief Executive Officer Eddie Wu said the company needed to reset its strategy amid tightening US restrictions on chip sales to China. Shares fell 9.1% in New York trading and 10% in Hong Kong. And in separate but clearly related news, shares in applied materials are down 7% in after-hours trading. This follows a report that the company is facing a U.S. criminal investigation in whether it violated export restrictions on its chips to China by sending them to SMIC, a Chinese company without the necessary government approvals. Okay, um, what about Asian markets this morning? How are they looking The Asia-Pacific are mostly lower. The Chinese CSI 300 is trading slightly in the red. The Japanese Nikkei 225 is up, currently almost half a percent. Hong Kong's Hang Seng is down the most, but India's main index is trading marginally up. Turning to the US now then, there's been some news about Apple facing delays in terms of getting its in-house chip ready. What can you tell us about this? Apple's efforts to develop an in-house modem for the iPhone are facing delays, with the company likely to miss its target of shipping by 2025, potentially pushing the release date back to late 2025 or early 2026. Despite thousands of employees working on the project since 2018, Apple is struggling with the complexity of designing a modem that matches Qualcomm's performance and seamlessly connects to global carriers, making the goal of outperforming current technology in data download speeds unlikely. Apple's in-house modem development is hampered by software issues, the need for extensive real-world testing, and concerns about infringing Qualcomm's patents. The deliberate separation of internal modem teams from those working with Qualcomm's chips also contributes to the slow progress. And what about equity markets in the US yesterday then? How did they do? Well, the Nasdaq Composite and the S&P 500 actually ended the day broadly flat, but just slightly in the green. In Europe, though, most of the major indices there finished the day down. Okay, and just lastly, Alex, what's coming up today? What should investors be looking out for? Looking ahead to the rest of the day, investors will be watching Eurozone CPI data. And that's pretty much all for today's wrap-up. And with that, back to you, Helen. Great. Thank you very much, Alex, for the roundup this morning.
Now, Tim, good morning and welcome. Good morning, Helen. Thank you very much. So your long-awaited US dollar weakness materialised this week on the back of nothing too major. What's your take on this? Yeah, that's right. So I was actually travelling this week. I was visiting a cousin in London. On Tuesday morning, I gave a presentation where, as usual and uh, wrongly, uh, mostly of recently, I suggested that I thought the dollar was a bit strong and at some stage over the next, next few weeks or months, we should probably see some weakness. That afternoon, moving from meeting to meeting, someone said, good call this morning. Of course, I had absolutely no clue what he was on about. But I did afterwards wish I'd been a bit more specific about the time period of uh, in the next two hours, one should sell dollars rather than being so vague. But anyway, the trigger was, of course, you. CPI, which missed, but only really by a very small amount, 0.1% below expectations both month on month and year on year. Pretty mild. The reaction in the dollar was really quite visceral. Euro dollar jumped 150 points, cable a similar amount. Decent moves really for such a small miss in data. And that seems to confirm our suspicion that the market's just too long dollars before. Um, we haven't really broken any new ground yet, of course. But euro dollar, for example, is back well above the 200-day and 100-day moving averages for the first time in a little while. And so maybe a bit of consolidation might happen. But I think if we can hold on to these sorts of levels, then some dollar selling can be pushed on into the end of the year. And you've talked before about the market being very dollar focused. Is this still the case? It really is. And if you want an excellent example of this, on Wednesday morning, we had UK CPI, which came in at 0.1% below survey. So exactly the same gap as the US number. US rates are not the only rates that have fallen. But just as when US rates were rising, people completely ignore what other rates were doing and bought dollars. So as US rates come down, or as we expect them to come down further, I rather expect the opposite. That is to say, some dollar selling. And indeed, this week so far, that's what we've seen. We actually have quite a long period of time now before the next Fed meeting. And as we've just seen quite recently, CPI and fairly recently as well, non-farm payrolls, there's no one obvious data event for the next few weeks. So I think if the market is once again prepared to price in gently some US rate cuts a bit further down the line, then maybe the market could uh, even start to prepare the ground for a bit more dollar selling. We did just have now some absolutely horrible UK retail sales data. Sterling is a touch lower, but I think generally, while maybe the right currency to buy may evolve between sterling, euros, perhaps something like Aussie or Canada, I think the right currency to sell will remain the dollar. And what about precious metals? What did you see there? As you might expect, a weaker dollar led to stronger metals. Silver really led the way with a huge surge higher. What is very encouraging is some improvement in the ratios between gold and other metals. Platinum is still lagging a bit, which is quite frustrating to me, but we are back sort of around the 900 level and didn't really make any new lows, which is healthy. However, the ratio of gold to silver has dropped 5% this week, which means that silver has outperformed gold by about this much. When this ratio is dropping, it usually means we are in more of a risk-on environment and that precious metals should generally do well. That being said, I do still think investors should be looking to reduce profitable gold exposure on this latest rally. I would usually prefer to look at something either like a reverse convertible, generate some yield, maybe a decumulator to sell some at a better level, or even an idea I've mentioned before, which is potentially even just selling some gold directly and investing those dollars into a capital protected note. So you maintain some upside exposure, but also kind of floor your potential for uh, losses at the level that you sell. 
I'm really not convinced we will break above the highs we saw in 2020 with COVID, 2022 Ukraine, and even SVB, Silicon Valley Bank, earlier this year. The lack of yielding gold really means that I think investors should be taking action. Okay. And as usual, then, I'll just finish by asking you where you see the main opportunities for the week ahead. So one interesting topic of conversation that I had in London was around the eye-watering cost of funding these days and the resulting deleveraging. Of course, reducing debt, reducing loans is not in and of itself a bad thing. And at, you know, five, six percent in dollars and sterling, I can definitely understand it. However, where it means that you are effectively forced to sell investments that you still believe in and which are not necessarily at a level where you want to exit, this can really be a shame. So one alternative we are quite interested in here is potentially switching some of these loans into the very strong Swiss franc. The saving in terms of interest rates on loans right now is between 35 and 4%, which is huge. Of course, this does mean adding FX risk to the portfolio in the form of being short Swiss francs, and it's really important to understand this risk. But the major savings on the loan does give a decent buffer on this risk. And, you know, if, for example, you have a dollar-denominated portfolio, well, the contents of the portfolio are probably multi-currency. So if you have dollar loans, then effectively there is some FX exposure here already. And if you are careful with your amounts, then in one sense, you are switching this risk into a cheaper currency. The other thing that's quite interesting is that you can actually also use an FX forward to lock in a favorable rate ahead of the loan maturity. If you have a loan that's maturing in a few months' time, there's a way to already not only take advantage of the strong Swiss franc right now, but also of that difference in interest rates. So I think that's all for me for today. Thank you very much as always, Helen. Thank you everyone for listening and I wish you happy Friday and an excellent weekend. Excellent. Thanks very much, Tim. Good to get your latest thoughts this morning. So that is all for today. Thank you again to today's guests and thank you all for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's show, don't forget to subscribe and please also leave us a review on whichever platform you like to listen on. We would love to hear your feedback. And do join us again next week. We'll be back on Monday when Mike Rauber will be your host and he'll be talking to more of our colleagues about what is moving markets. So have a great day, everyone, and then a great weekend. Bye for now. The information and opinions expressed in this podcast constitute marketing material and are not the result of independent financial or investment research. Please refer to www.juliasbear.com forward slash legal forward slash podcasts for further other important legal information. Beyond Markets is a weekly podcast where Julius Bear experts and external speakers discuss some of the latest market developments. They share their key research and insights on today's ever-changing economic landscape and present practical advice. Search for Beyond Markets on your favourite podcast player.